I'm gonna 
আমি কবে হব গৃহ কত কতদিনের 
दिन ही निर्भर musical break uh, that we had going on here on the Common Thread Collective. This is from a, a CD that Bloodflower handed to me a few weeks ago, and I haven't had a chance to play it yet. A lot of fun, huh? It is a lot of fun. Arko Mukherjee. If I say it a few times fast, it'll sound better. Mukherjee. Arko. Um, and the album is called Five uh, Collaborations, Influences, Chapters. Maybe five of each of those, um, but uh, this is really lovely music. Okay, interesting. Well, I'll I'll, I'll post it um, so you could check it out at arcomusic.com. Arco is A R K O music.com and we'll, we'll put it up on our Facebook page as well we've been having a great afternoon here um, we're surrounded by friends uh, new and uh, established and writers musicians poets uh, anarchists rabble risers uh, and um, philosophers political um, uh, wonks and um, and the like and Ek has just joined us. Oh, let me turn on your mic, Dave. Sorry. Okay. There you go. And Ek has just joined us. Hey, Ek, welcome. Hey, Dave. And hey, we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about it a bit. The fact that we're going to have a special book party here on Saturday. Tomorrow. We're going to, that's tomorrow. Wow, is he? And we'll be talking more about that. But there's planting some seeds. So stay listening. It'll be tomorrow afternoon. The book party is uh, Ek's book, which is. Ordinary villains, Dave. A ordinary, ordinary <laughs> villains. So stay tuned. There's going to be a star-studded cast of characters that are going to be backing you up. They're going to be having your back. They're going to be enjoying the the, the, the occasion. Am I right so far? You are right so far. Okay, we'll talk about this as we go out to plant those seeds. Now, I have Joan. Have you, have you two met Joan, E.K.? Hey, Joan. How you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Joan Rivard is back. Glad to see you. It's been a while. And I, I, I met Joan. A little bit of hipster here. 
I marched on up a hippie hill. I believe, and and I began to discover that Joan, up from L.A., was taking real interest in the, the kids of Hate Street, the Wanderers, the Freight Train Riders, the, 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 those that used to be called uh, gutter punks, crusties, and now just the homeless kids, they call themselves. Uh, traveling and so on. Is that right? And you've taken a special interest in who they are and what they're about, that generation. I sure have. Uh, I, I showed up there, you know, chasing the dream like other people that go there. And it's a special place. It, it has a special energy. It represents something so amazing that hasn't happened very often, if ever, in history. And what's that? So many young people, so many people from all different backgrounds, all different, rich, poor, races, everything, got together and wanted peace. You know, I saw a picture of the Summer of Love where the whole street was just packed, packed. elbow to elbow, you know, and, and that happened. And, and it's, it's a very important historical event. And so I'm trying to find and hold on to what remains of it because I feel that it's a valuable resource in this country. We've got to enjoy it and, and make use of it because it's deeper than, than a lot of people might realize. And some of those that you've, you've befriended, taken interest in, it's helping tell the stories of, just like Leonard was telling the story of, 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 of his book, of telling the stories that they have to say. People still have felt that there's something about Hate Street that brought them to by whatever means. Many times not in a, some automobile, bill, not in no sports car, but by freight train, by the thumb, by every way that they came here to be on to be on Hate Street, and that part of the park where the hate, where Hate Street ends, and the park begins. And and um, I fell in love with them. Uh, they're amazing people. When sitting down and talking to them, I found that they're so spiritual, unbelievable. I mean, they live these hard, hard lives. They they get their stuff taken away. Their dogs. Uh, just terrible things happen to these people, and they sleep in the rain and on the ground and and yet they're always talking about love and peace and understanding and you know the wow. dream and and they're so alive and and you know I, I've come to think I think I realize that there's something more natural about them than a lot of people just because they're outside and just because they're not plugged into a lot of electronics and they're not, you know, hobbled with debt and, and schedules and having to get up before dawn to go to stupid work to drive three hours. It's horrible. It's horrible the way people are living, mm -hmm. you know. And it's not the way uh, this country was intended. And I still believe in this country because that's all we've got. You know, the, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, we can't just dump those. That's all we've got. I, but I want you to know I love my any anarchist friends, but I am not an anarchist because that has a very bad label. And well, there's a lot of things in, in our movement that have a very bad label that have been poisoned by other people, you know, which were good in the first, the things were good in the first place, but uh, they got twisted around. Well, we're practicing our First Amendment rights right here, so feel free. Our right of speech, the press, the impress, and what it is we can put out there. Uh, we would, we're not, we're, 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 we're signed up to practice our First Amendment, our First Amendment rights, to yeah. just to do that. So welcome, Joan. Yes, freedom welcome. of assembly. Well, I came back to uh, Hate Street after being gone for about four months, 
and and I was just shocked at the 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 change that had taken place. Now I could be wrong, you know. Maybe these people come back, but this time I think it's different. Uh, this whole magic was happening over there, and then when I came back, the kids were gone. The park had five, eight cameras put up around the the beautiful pond where they all used to hang out, and um, and they had been chased away. I heard that three dogs were actually shot as they were trying to arrest these kids for you know, sitting on the sidewalk or, or um, drinking or panhandling or camping, these kinds of, uh, you know, quality, life quality But remember, these are the winter months. There's a time where a lot of these kids uh, are heading, they have that, since they, 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 live, they live from the pack on their back, of that, they can go down south, they can go to warmer climes, and I'm still, I believe that many of them are there, whether they be in Mexico, or whether they be wherever they happen to be, and uh, and they'll be back as as it warms up. Wait and see. This may be true, may but be true. you know they're afraid to lose their dog. They're afraid they lose all their belongings when the police stop them. A lot of them. Uh, they also get their stuff ripped off. But you know this is the place. This is the hippie capital of the world. This belongs to us in some way, in a spiritual way. There there aren't other. I mean, there are other places that might be similar, but. You know, this is this is a focal point and be for, back. for that movement. Well, yeah, they a might be back. A lot of will be back, but and that's and that's the banner you fly, is helping the, helping put the message out. In fact, you have in front of you part of your book. Is that right? Yes, I do. And I'd love to hear you uh, uh, read something. I think you already have it picked out, and that will be definitely how do we say that food for thought. I will, but I wanted to talk about how it felt to come back. I want to tell that story, if that's okay. I, mean, I, okay. I had it written down, Please but that section accept. I didn't bring with me. I okay, thought well I had you the whole book, but I didn't. But tell, but tell your story. This is, I, I just said this is free speech. Go ahead. Uh, All right, when, when I came back, I looked down the street. There was hardly anyone there. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And, and it was partly because the McDonald's closed down. And that McDonald's restaurant, as much as a lot of us don't like fast food, it was the only place where they could get warm and, and get out of the rain and, and buy something for a reasonable price to eat and a warm drink. And without it, it it's just made it a lot harder. And then the cameras, and then I found out about the cameras that there's eight of them put up all around where they all used to sit and, and visit and and have their community and there's nobody out there there was nobody it was so strange you know even on a beautiful warm day nobody's sitting on the grass and and another thing is uh, there's some beautiful pillars at the end of the street that were painted rainbow colors we call them the rainbow stairs and uh, purple on each side big pillars and, and there were trees uh, evidently before I got there I, I didn't know this before I left on my trip, but there used to be trees where they used to sit underneath. So they cut the trees, uh, they put up a no loitering sign, and now they're planning to paint the steps brown, all of them. And I don't know, I just feel that it's a magic that, that we want to hold on to. It's, it's something valuable. It's, it's beyond just a fad or even a historical event. 
in my opinion, the the things that these kind of people teach, uh, you know, long-haired hippie with the peace signs, even with short hair, I'm not saying they have to look the same, but that, that mentality, it's what saves planets. This planet is in a whole lot of trouble. Everybody knows that. I mean, the surveillance alone is nightmarish. I don't want to live in Orwell's world. And what have we got to, to unite people, to turn them on, to give them hope? You know, when I would see these kids and go out and talk to them, it made me feel better. It, it often made me feel better. You know, they know how to do things. They know how to build things. They know how to fix things. Uh, they know how to survive. You know, a lot of us are becoming more and more helpless as the machines take over and the jobs and the debt takes over and, you know, we're separated from our loved ones and our communities and we're each in little cubicles. It's not a normal way for human beings to live. Um, and yet people are so good, they're not that violent. There's not that many weirdos as they want us to believe. And, you know, I'm seeing how hard they try to frighten us and make us afraid of our fellow man. Um, and I'm saying also a point which hasn't been driven very much, that uh, what the hippies believe in, cooperation, forgiveness, uh, that people are basically good, that's exactly what Jesus taught. That's what those ch churches should be teaching instead of the horrible, awful stuff that Paul the Apostle added to the Bible, which is full of stuff Jesus did not teach, and it's, it's really nasty. It, it, um, it says, slaves obey your masters, uh, uh, obey every ordinance of man, uh, that's Peter, uh, women are horrible, you're horrible, you're cursed, you're born in sin, all that stuff was added, unbelievable, and so we're finding these people who don't think they're guilty and, and evil and born in sin and everything, and man in his natural, st in its natural state um, is pretty cool. I got there in 1966. I was drowning here in San Francisco first in 1957, North Beach, Beatniks, we were soon called, and then 1966, back to help kick off the hippie, the hippie movement at the very beginning. So mm. I see, we see that there's been the rise and fall. There's been people called, they're called the Cold Street Neighbors. They're the ones who most, we had a soup kitchen. Did you hear the soup kitchen where everybody would come to eat oh, together? Oh, yeah, I heard about and, that. Monday through, uh, through, uh, Tuesday through Friday, every uh, every day, everybody would come together and eat together. Oh, that's a lot. Well, that's a lot of work. Tuesday it was, through Friday. I was volunteering Thursdays and kind of major day. We had volunteers. We had people who loved doing it. We had amazing donations of food. We got well, through the Department of Agriculture and all that. Tuesday through Friday, and then Monday you could go to All Saints Church. This is the seventies, seventy mm. into the eighties, and then they. All Saints Church on Saturday and Sunday, and then Monday, Food Not Bombs would serve, right there at the end of eight, where the park begins, and that very stomping ground you're talking about. Oh, that's really cool. The stomp cool. has gone on. That's why I said people will come by. Rainy weather is a, good, a chance to leave San Francisco if you can, and people do. 
but many people do come back. I'm more concerned, though, about how they make laws giving some people a $1,000 fine for feeding the homeless. I'm concerned about laws saying you cannot live in your car or in a tiny house when, when, you know, they're kicking so many people out with these impossible rents all over the whole country, not only San Francisco. You know, how are we going to stop this? How how can we not be victims to, uh, you know, uh, financial entities that want to make the laws to tailor their, their profit? And, and, and suffer so much, you know, how it's many not like people... not there's an alternative either. Well, we better well, be, begin we to build an alternative. Well, we have to find an alternative. It's, it's on us. It's on what we're doing right here on a Friday afternoon to put that out there, wherever we are, to begin to connect to one another and let it emerge, that's what I say. Mm. I say and whatever, whether it be the, the liberal wing of the Democratic Party, all the way to anarchists, we're all in this together. I like Elizabeth Warren for president. I said uh, I, months ago, I said, that's my candidate. Now I see she's running. And I think it's time that it's the time of the woman. I'm all for it. I'm a Democrat, and I think all of us should unite behind one party. That's my well, personal well, opinion. Well, people Not always it. popular, but that's, that's what I think. I don't see how else we can swing anything. You know, well, people are <laughs> going to do what they're going to do. Hopefully, we have the Women's March. Uh, but mention that again. That's true. I, um, I, the Women's March is going to be next Saturday, January 19th, here in San Francisco and around the country. I interviewed one of the co-founders and the co-chair of Women's March San Francisco today on Women's Magazine. So that podcast is up. So the January 11th, 2019 podcast for Women's Magazine. That's going to be huge. And um, it's going to be huge. huge. And, and so uh, there'll be a rally at 1130 at Civic Center, followed by a march down uh, Market Street to the Embarcadero starting at 1.30 p.m. And they have a huge slate of speakers uh, bringing together. um, So the, the theme this year is the women's wave. Um, so uh, the first year it was women's, uh, women's March, uh, Hear Our Voices. Second year it was Hear Our Vote. First we march, now we run. And now with the election of over two, 125 women around the country, um, not only uh, the 117 that were elected to Congress, um, but uh, gov- governorships, um, uh, local elections all, all around the country has been a, a wave of success, uh, successful women candidates who have stepped up. Um, and so the Women's March of uh, D.C., that particular group, have formed what they're calling the wi- a, women, a women's platform that they're going to be pur- pushing and pursuing in Washington, D.C., to not only obviously get all of these women who've been elected, who have, who have just been sworn in, but to, to continue to work with them and to continue to push forward agendas that include everybody in society and take into account those who are uh, less fortunate in a system that benefits, you know, those who get in line and, um, you know, try to be greedy. So I, I really do see that there's a shift um, in the hearts and minds and now actually in elected um, you know, offices um, across the country. And I'm excited by the amount of energy that people are pouring into this right now because it's not, it it's not just a, 
uh, soundbite anymore. You know, I, I think part of the reason why we're in the mess we're in is because sure there were elected officials but you know you maybe you'd vote maybe you didn't and then they'd go into office and then nobody would ever say anything to them again except a few you know loud constituents um and and right now it's 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 many loud constituents and so i feel like we're moving towards a more accountable um type of structure um people are ignited and um so, yeah, uh, come on out to the Women's March next Saturday, the 19th. Rain or shine, it was pouring the first oh, year. It was. I st- I'm still coughing from <laughs> that time two years ago. Oh, gee. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was wearing this color. That's why I wear this. This is my protest pink. Oh, protest yeah, that's, pink. That's what it yeah, is. if you d- if you've oh, never. I know. We're here on the radio. We wish you could see Joan yeah, Rivard. She's so colorful. People get flashes. So you're, and a lot of your writing is on your website, peacedrums.org. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. it is. Oh, I appreciate that. What, ra- what, did, what selection did you bring today? I have a couple pieces I can read. I thought I was going to read my, my stories about getting back to the hate, but I'll read these others that came earlier when the kids was all still there. There's still some there. There just aren't as many. There'll be, back, I mean, there'll be more back <laughs> come spring. The Rainbow Gathering is going to be in Minnesota this year, so you're going to see people began to flow up here, go up north of Portland, across to Seattle, and then across the country to Lake Superior, to the, really the Superior National to Forest. So that's yeah. going to be happening, too. So we want to hear from you. All right. Making friends on Hate Street. That was just one of my little experiences as I got here and met, met all these people. I find it hard to just walk down Hate Street if I'm in a hurry because there's uh, just too many things to see and people to meet. The beautiful buildings and exotic shops, the art murals covering so many of the walls are enough to slow you down. But more than anything, it's the people who are irresistible, many of them unusually friendly because of what this place represents. The house free, that's what I call the, the nomads, are always willing to start a conversation, whether you give them any money or not. Without being plugged into electronics, meeting people is their form of free entertainment. The benches in front of the Hate Street Grocery are a good place to sit, where tourists and the house free can interact in a meeting of worlds. There's often a knot of people blocking the sidewalk there, and two or three leashed road dogs lying down in the planters next to the benches, where well-groomed paying customers sit next to untamed wild nomads and enjoy conversations. The nice thing about the organic grocery store is that it lets people sit there without buying anything. I sat down in the sun and watched a conservative-looking man having a good time giving away chocolate to the nomadic young people. His hat had a rainbow on it, and he seemed so excited about the encounter. You could tell he was going to tell the folks back home about it. (laughs) I met the group blocking the sidewalk, a girl and two guys going to Pennsylvania with two bikes and five dogs. The boy had a small dog riding in his shoulder, on his shoulders and another slung into his shirt. The two leashed big brown dogs rested in the planter and a smaller dog, the mother of the two littlest dogs, oh, with, with that. We had a rousing discussion about religion and politics, which is permitted on the hate, unlike at family gatherings. We all agreed with everything each other said. <laughs> we exchanged poetry. I'd like to point out that just because young people travel together doesn't mean they are romantically involved or intimate. There are so many reasons why it's better to travel with someone rather than traveling alone. 
A young woman on the road is certainly much safer with a male escort and a couple of dogs than she would be alone. A traveling partner can watch your stuff or watch your dog when you need to go somewhere or go into a store. They can tell your family or friends if something happens to you and you need help. In so many ways, traveling with a partner can help with the work of survival, as well as providing the companionship which human tribes are designed for. Most of us feel scared alone in the forest. Then they and, and their dogs left to go to Pennsylvania, and I continued on up the street until I stood in front of the amazing tie-dye emporium at Hayden Masonic. All, all around are unique buildings and decorations. But this one stands out with its big rounded pillars painted in rainbow colors. The store sells nothing but tie-dye. Walking into it is an experience, surrounded by the brightest colors and designs imaginable and stuff hanging from the ceiling. I met a smiling, white-haired woman in, in the back who said Jesus was a feminist and told me about an epiphany she had about a synchronized time in life. I bought a blue tie-dyed top hat for a princely sum. Out on the street, there was a young man wheeling an old man in a wheelchair near the bus stop near to, next to Whole Foods. We had a beautiful, he had a beautiful Christ-like look on his face, framed by medium-length, thin, dark blonde hair. He was very thin. They were not related, but the younger man was taking care of him tenderly. It was easy to start a conversation, and soon I was reading something I wrote to them, and the old man was pulling out of his backpack something he wrote that he wanted to read to me. Then he timidly asked if I could help them get something to eat. I could tell they really needed it and gave them some money, hoping it would buy them something at McDonald's. At McDonald's, I met a girl with nine alien tattoos. A guy walked in, immediately started talking about God. See, it's kind of random. I just meet all these people. Thank you. A guy walked in, immediately started talking about God, energy, and aliens. He knew a lot. He said, laughing, that he likes his independence and would tell a girl, I may not be Mr. Right, but I'm Mr. Right now. <laughs> then I met two girls, one with dreadlocks and one with turquoise hair. We read poems and had a good talk about hate street magic. You could see they were homeless, but like so many others, they said they were happy. Then I joined a group of youths sitting on the curb of the planter next to Whole Foods. We discussed life and shared poems, shouting to overcome the noise of traffic going by. And that's that one. Well, that's, that's delightful, <laughs> don't you think? You really catch it. Yeah. It's a walk on 8th Street. The cast of characters, what's it about? And here, here speaking of 8th Street, here would be Sapphire Whitaker, Sapphire. Hey, hey, uh, 8th hey, Street. Dad, I didn't shout out, Dad. Shout out to Hay Street, uh, uh, everything on Hay Street's brown and about, looking beautiful each day. The war is not going to take the young kid, and we're very happy about that, amen? And, and be good to you and you to others. Amen. I love you, Dad. All Thank right. you, Sapphire. Yes, yeah, Sapphire. And she's on Hay Street every day. You see her there. Anyway, is there something else you'd like to read? I would like to, if you want me to. Maybe another one? Yeah, read another like one. That. What do you think, Val? This one is called a true... Uh, do you mind? I hope yeah, okay, we have time. Okay, There's a true more. love story. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
On another morning walk, I ran into a somewhat disheveled 20-something young man with short blonde dreadlocks, and we sat on a stairway of one of the row houses and talked. The lady who lived there was nice when she came out to go to work, greeting us with a smile as she stepped over my satchel and sleeping... No. my Oh, I guess I had it with me. So I didn't sleep there. Okay. <laughs> I had it with me because I slept uh, at uh, an artist friend of mine's that I sometimes can crash there if, if it's cold instead of my truck when I go there. I don't live in my truck. I just uh, would go there and spend the weekend. Okay. Um... That was a little confusing. She declined my offer to move them. I said, "Can I, you want me to move the stuff? She said, no. You, you could tell this was San Francisco. This young man I met, he started telling me how much he was in love with his wife. They were high, they were high school sweethearts named Darian and Adrian. He said, I don't know what she sees in me to choose to stay out here with me. He said they had two children who lived with his mom. He said the state took the, their first baby at delivery, though there was no pot in his system, only some in the mom. Then they took the second one, even though there was no pot found in either the baby or the mother. He said his wife was really upset about it, and don't get me started. I think that's one of the most horrible losses of liberty that we've got, that we cannot hold on to our children if we're poor or if we are in a custody battle. Same thing, you know, a bunch of lawyers can't hold on to your little infants. That is a gigantic loss of liberty. He talked openly and without embarrassment about his relationship with God. Echoing something the house free have expressed to me before, he said, I love this life. I met God out here. He said, I'm doing the work for him. He takes care of me. All he asks is that I spread love and respect. It was amazing that he still felt that way because I found out they just had all their stuff confiscated by the rangers the day before. They'd slept on the ground in the park last night without their tent and sleeping bags. The thing he was saddest about was his guitar. With that, he'd been able to make a little money as a street musician. They'd found an old shag rug to sleep in and had spent a very cold night. He said that when their stuff was taken, they hadn't even left their camp, but were sitting just a few yards away. See, the rangers come and take all their stuff if they don't take their tents down immediately. Like, I don't know what time or if right when the sun comes up or something. I don't know. I think it's 7 a.m. I'd like to find out. But if they leave their stuff, their stuff is often gone. Uh, everything, you know, their diaries, their backpack, their tent, their sleeping bag. They just put it in the back of a cart and drive off. When they came back, everything was gone. The rangers must have been very quiet. He said, attachment leads to suffering. <laughs> he said it was okay to lose things because someone else might need them. But he admitted that since sleeping on the ground, he felt a pain in his left side. He asked for nothing and seemed to minimize his many challenges. I gave him a packaged dinner I happened to have in my satchel, which had been given away by a charity group at the horseshoe the evening before. I went to Goodwill to buy him a blanket or sleeping bag, but they didn't have any. We had to settle for a curtain panel and a bright red Christmas tablecloth, which might be better than nothing. He wondered again why his wife stayed with him out here. Then he told me that when they got married, the minister seemed in a hurry and rushed through the ceremony. He said he wished it had lasted longer. Then we went to Whole Foods, where I used my card to get him 
a little money in cash, which he tried to refuse. Sitting on the benches outside Whole Foods, we shared the gentrified cookies I had to buy to use the card. A well-groomed couple walked by, obviously not of the same class as the dirty kids. They called themselves dirty kids. Mm -hmm. Panhandling nearby with their dogs. My friend said to the man, I like your jacket. <laughs> I laughed at the thought of this grubby, slightly overweight guy with dreadlocks telling this elite-looking guy that he liked his fashion sense. He said, I like to give people compliments. It makes their day. He told me how one day he asked God for just one cigarette, and within minutes he found a whole pack lying on the ground. He said, why would he care about just me? He said, you have to learn to live with joy in your heart. I know from my conversations with him that it pains him to see us in pain. He said that he'd seen God. It was easy for me to see what his wife saw in him. That's wonderful, Joan. <laughs> your writing is exquisite. Thank you. The word that just came to me spontaneously, because your words are well chosen, bang, 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 and your use is just uh, thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be here. Thank you, Joan. I and it. Joan Rivard. So again, check out peacedrums.org Peace uh, drum. for some more happy of her writing. Oh, and yeah, happy I, just, I yeah. turned 70. What? Yeah, happy you birthday. didn't know. It was what? 70. It was my 70th birthday. Happiest wow. birthday. A yes. septuagenarian. I'm a septuagenarian, <laughs> if I can pronounce it. <laughs> I like, I like well, that I'm word. I'm a octogenarian. So yeah. Yes. I call Dave a, I call Dave a rocktogenarian. Oh, I guess we're, it's really we're both not that Rocks in my head. <laughs> we are. I just, uh, we are. We are. And it's so we good are not to, extinct, though. Yeah, it's so good <laughs> to have you and whatever help we give you getting that prayer. Because what you do is important work, Joan, up there, and bringing the people together and feeling full of the spirit, bringing the spirit, letting them know you appreciate them and what they do. Thank you. Thank you very much. You appreciate them and what they do. So, Val, t tomorrow... Yeah, tomorrow. We're going to which is a, a book party. <laughs> for your book. Tell us a bit about it. Well, it's uh, it's my book release party for San Francisco. A better place yeah, than Vigo. And, um, you know, the book came out in September, so uh, it's it's been a slow release. <laughs> it's time release. It's time release. It's a time release. Um so it's going to be really fun. It's going to be from 8 to 10 right here at Mutiny Radio and at the corner of 21st and Florida. What is the address here, Val? We are at 2781 21st Street. All right, 2781 21st Street. Mm -hmm. And um, so Mia Byrne, who is a singer-songwriter, has laid down some tracks that we're going to use um, in between some of the poems and during the end when I'm signing books there will be like kind of a block of her yeah. um, and, and that we'll ma that makes it a double debut because we're debuting your yeah, book we're, Ordinary we're debuting Villains. some new songs for Mia Byrne mm -hmm. um, and so uh, a, a lot of poets um, who have been important in putting this book together, uh, have agreed to show up and do some poems. And um, I have Lourdes Figueroa and Thea Matthews and Lauren Ito and 
the fantastic Global Val Ibarra are going to be helping me out with my feature part of the evening. Um, and then I've got uh, my editor, Natasha Dennerstein, is going to put in an appearance. So cool. Yeah, it is so cool. And she was, she really whipped me into shape. Let me tell you what, like, she's a good editor. And like, you know, who wants an easy editor? Like, let's just be clear about that. <laughs> um, it, it provides an amazing, she provided me an amazing opportunity uh, to really like grow my work as a poet on the page. So I can't wait to hear what she brings. And how the poems connect to one another as well. Um, you know, I, I did most of that. Um, she really, she pushed me in, in a lot of the page work, like the structure of it. She was actually really happy about that because <laughs> I, I spent, uh, about a year and a half working on that manuscript. So, um, that part, that part was pretty set, but yeah, she, she was great. Um, I, let's see, I have, let's see, Natasha Dennerstein is coming. Jennifer Barone is coming and Ingrid Keir. Wonderful hostesses of the word party. Yep. The wonderful hostesses of the word party. Um, and we've got Tongo Eisen Martin coming who blurbed the back of the book as well as Kim Shuck and my old friend, Charlie Getter. <laughs> so um those are those are folks who are who are making an appearance and it's going to be a live show so show up if you can but if you can't you can live stream it and if if that's just too late for you then you can download it as a podcast sometime oh. after and anytime you want so that's what's neat that's right yeah, yeah. and and thank you Val for having the idea oh i'm i'm excited i'm i'm it's pumped pretty neat. um yeah, I, I mean, EK's, you know, sounds really mellow right now, but um, it's going to be a pretty exciting night. Um, I really, I'm a ball of nerves. EK, I'll help welcome people. Welcome aboard. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be gathering here um, just very close to the 8 o'clock hour, so um, about, about a quarter to 8, because there is going to be another show happening right before it, but here pretty much in the studio part so we'll be able to come in and and uh but if you, if you show up by about 10 till um quarter to eight so we can make sure everybody who uh can fit in one of the seats um come in and get a seat there'll be some standing room as well yeah and then uh eight o'clock um we go live and so it'll be a a really cool book release party that'll be live on mutinyradio.fm and then as a podcast in the archive there's a special section on, on our archives called friends of mutiny where we have uh, special events uh, such as this and so um, that's where it will be posted and, and once that once that all happens i'll be sure to let people know through social media um, where they can find that link etc yeah. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Because your book is awesome. And, uh, Thanks, Val. And we have a good time. Well, let's hear a bit, let's hear a bit from it. Let's see how brown out the day. And I'm going, oh, well, if we so, want to hear a bit from it. Uh, well, I mean, let's hear a bit of what you'd like to do. Well, yeah. I'm so I was, I, was, I was thinking that, that I would actually 
you know, it's kind of a gray day here in San Francisco. Absolutely. We've got a little bit of a little bit of rain falling from the sky. The skies are this deepening gray as the sun sets. Um, so I have kind of a gray poem, but it's not about San Francisco. It's about Houston, and uh, that's where I'm from. And this is called "The Astrodome Has Its Own Weather." No one escapes Texas stereotypes. People always interrogate my lack of hick accent, backward politics, and family ranch, but they never ask me about baseball. It's not in the stereotypes DNA, like boots or barbecue. The Astros are our team. Dad liked to sit in the bleachers, the cheap seats, way way out in left field or in the gray layer of the Astrodome where nobody liked to sit halfway up the orange rainbow. The eighth wonder still wears an internal jersey, layer by layer stadium seats monochromed to match the home team, except the gray layer. Tickets were cheap or free for school groups and scouts and such. Because its failure to orange dampens your feelings about whatever you're witnessing. In the gray layer, a grand slam home run earns some applause. And it occurs to you that there won't be a line for the bathroom right now as the pigeons and the grackle swirl, disturbing the wispy clouds that always form at the top just before it rains inside the dome. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it really does rain in there. I, I'm not making that up. Like, it's big enough to have its own weather. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big room. Wow. That was a really cool piece. I... Thanks. Really took took me on a journey. That's where, they, that's where they put the people from Hurricane Katrina, yeah. right? Um, that was the Superdome in Super New Orleans, right? But which is actually, I think, bigger than the Astrodome. I think they're trying to still figure out what to do with it because games aren't. The Astros have a. Well, it's not new anymore, but the Astros have a different stadium, mm-hmm. and. Um, Although they seem to be back to the orange jerseys again. Well, <laughs> as you were reading about it, it reminded me of going to Giants games at Candlestick Park when I was little because I come from a family of like sports fans and I had brothers and uh, my both of my parents were big sports fans. So little Val, you know. When, when no, I never had a babysitter, um, you know, oh, we're going to the game. And like, you know, everybody's excited except me because we would sit in those really high, really cheap mm-hmm. and very cold seats. <laughs> yes. Yep. Well, apparently so. Thank you, Bloodflower. He said it builds character. I, thank you. I maybe so. I'm just complaining all this time later. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's true. It's well, part of the fabric. Oh, sorry, Dave. Variety's literary experience, including long-form nonfiction and poetry, 
and so it's getting gray, it's gonna go up. But here we're still here. So EK, that'll be the that'll be tomorrow. Tomorrow at eight, 8 to ten PM. Right. Is it gonna be is there gonna be um, snacks too? There will be no snacks. It, it's quite late. People should definitely take care of, of those needs. Also, okay. just to remind people, Mutiny Radio, if you're coming, is a no alcohol venue. Oh, you can so, you know, don't 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 bring that around. Um, and uh, yeah, there won't be any food or yeah. Well, yeah. Pe- people should have dinner before and <laughs> Yeah. It's Saturday night. Eat it, some it's dinner. It's Saturday night in Put the mission so we can there. figure it out afterwards. Yeah, and don't bring any don't bring any crinkly snacks either. This is a live podcast. Oh, right. If you've ever been to Mutiny Radio, you'll know that if somebody's out there on the stage and and uh, and you're in the room having a conversation on the side and then there's a crinkle. And then there's crinkle <laughs> and then I hear and then I hear other people's conversations while someone's performing meet up there so um we will re- i will i will kindly remind our our guests that show up tomorrow um to uh, refrain from such distracting activity <laughs> yes <laughs> indeed come on come right in there to see Bubba. and uh well, you want to work together. the door, Dave? I will. All right. <laughs> awesome. You, I'll, I'll be at the boards. Okay, you'll it's be at free. the boards. Now you can oh, come in here and sit with me. Food for the body out there. Food for the mind and the spirits are right here. There you the go. Right here. There, mind and spirit. That it could be. Right now. Food for the body, mind, and spirit. Food for the body out there. Food for the mind and spirit. Right here. I'm looking at now. All it's right. amazing. food for thought. Can I read one of EK's poems? Of course. I I'd would like be to honored, read one too. Thank you. So this is a fun little poem that's in Ordinary Villains uh, that I won't be reading tomorrow. But I don't know if this is. Uh, it's a fun poem. It's called Dating Poets. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> How many times will I learn the same lesson? Dating poets is kissing guys who haven't come out yet. Dating poets is fucking sensitive on the inside art thugs. Dating poets is dancing with drama queens. And really, they're all the same. Like that forlorn birdie asking steam shovels, are you my mother? My grandmother says of old men cruising the bridge club scene, he's looking for a nurse and a purse. Nana, it's the same as dating poets. (laughs) Maybe that's the fate of poets. Not lucky enough to die young. To linger at the snack bar, waiting for cards to fold. Hoping to find the right woman with the right dead husband. (laughs) Sorry. Thanks. Yeah, my grandmother really did say that. She was like, he's looking for a nurse and a purse. Because they were always after her, those old men. You want me to pick one for you, Dave? Okay, you got it. Let me me flip through here and get get you one. This is kind of a fun thing about having a book is, well, in general, like just people reading my poems to me, like my cousin was reading some of my poems to me on the phone the other day, and I really enjoyed it. And I want to say it's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful book too. Thanks, Dave. It's published by Nomadic Press, Nomadic and they're uh, they're local in Oakland. They're our neighbors across uh, the bay. And the artist who did the cover art is Arthur. Um, Ar- yeah, Arthur Johnstone. He yeah. is also an Oakland artist, and yeah, I'm pretty wow. pleased with the cover. Well, I'm gonna read a poem. It takes more than coffee to wake me up. 
It takes more than coffee to wake me up. My breakfast cereal has a concentration of radiation that I just can't swallow. And somewhere, just past the hollow of my throat, I hold in screams. I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. But no one listens to children. Not now, not then, not later. It's not just canaries that have stopped singing, like stool pigeons, whistleblowers, shoulder in the dark. Wait, it's not just canaries that have stopped singing, like stool pigeons, whistleblowers, shudder in the dark. I can see the future as a bleaker yesterday that, that has taken the proper precautions to prevent tomorrow. I can see the future as a bleaker yesterday that has taken the proper precautions to prevent tomorrow. So when your gut starts to ache, there's nothing to take. It's just your intuition in conversation with your conscience. So when your gut starts to ache, there's nothing to take. It's just your intuition in conversation with your conscience. Uh -huh. Thank you, Bill. Well, look who's here. It's been a while. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so E.K. Keith, <coughs> Ordinary Villains, published by Nomadic Press, book release party right here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street, San Francisco, California, 94110. Oh, my. And uh, we my hope goodness. you'll join us tomorrow evening. That's Saturday the 12th from 8 to 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah, Blood Flower. Get, a, get closer to a mic, okay? Yeah, but we do. We do. Maybe you can use that one right there. Uh, put in your pocket. Mm -hmm. I see you have in your hand the the city is already speaking. Yeah, but I'm not reading from that. Ah, you're not reading from that. Psych out. Thank you. <laughs> <coughs> that's that's that. Now that's blood flower. Oh, I'm there. I see. I'm, you got another so friend just lazy came in. That I, um, I'm so lazy that I didn't bring the magazine that the poem is in. <laughs> They don't have to know that. They can't Which see Which was in, um, well, I got a bone to pick with those people anyway. Um, uh, I, um, the poem that I'm going to read is, was originally published in uh, a forum magazine recently. Um, and it is entitled, appropriately enough, Sonnet by E.K. Keith. Kindly grant me an earthly indulgence. Wed this solemn trance and these weary bones together in whiskey to drown out the cries of the victims in the nightly orgies of progress. Kindly grant me a protection from the voluptuous attentions of the underfed and the overloved. Shelter me from the ills of public worship.
Free me from the belly of this mystery fish. Cough me up on dry land already, with the undertow far behind me. Grant me the steadiness of my fiery limbs as I stand on this sacred cement that lies beneath me. As the underground dragon rumbles, tranced out on the corner of 19th and Mission, the entire barrio seems gripped in an occult fever. Thank you. <laughs> Have fun tomorrow night. You're quite a solitaire there. <laughs> you, know what, you know why? Because I like a challenge. I, when I originally, you were the one that started me writing them because, <laughs> no, for real, because you, you asked me, Dan, Dan Brady was having a colonoscopy and he said, pick a poet to read at Sacred Grounds. This was like the anniversary of Summer Love. And you asked me to come along and I read a piece from memory, then my sonnets, then another piece from memory. And we were driving home and you were like, you really ought to work on those sonnets, blood flower. <laughs> And that's that's the just to just you've done uh, very well. Uh, after that, the deluge. But no, and then I talked to um, a, a poet that I really like, uh, but I can't remember her name. Uh, Dan's Dan's girlfriend there. Uh, Wendy Walters. No, 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 no. Uh, piano fight. Dan yeah, and Jennifer Barone. Jennifer Barone. I was at a reading with Jennifer Barone one time, and she was like, "What are you writing, Bloodflower?" And I said, "Well, I'm I'm writing sonnets." And she's like, "Those are really hard to write." <laughs> and I said, "Well, that's why I'm doing it. Why would I want to do the easy thing, right?" So thank well, you, you. You write a mean sonnet, Bloodflower. Thank, sure thank you for your time. Thank you. I'm sorry to hear about. What we talked about before. I'm, uh, you have my deepest sympathy, and have fun, everybody. It's good. To, it's good to be here with everybody today. And I see we have one more guest who showed up. I see Mr. Zealous out there. Um, and maybe were you blood flower? Maybe you want to go check in with him for a second. I mean, you know. I just have to talk. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Are you gonna do? Um, I can try. What's what? What are you thinking about? Public image limited. Public image. Okay. Uh, what song? It's called Public Image. Limited. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll see. See what happens. I mean, there's like first issue. There's, it's like that's an album or get the band. Oh, it should just say it should, it should just say public image like the song. Okay, well, I'm gonna try it. Okay, well, there we go. Let's see what happens here. We don't know, which is the fun part.
Alexa, play Leon Bridges. I see captured oversight at work. Meanwhile, over here, everyone's looking for work. Okay. I'm not up here to just rant and swear and complain about it. What do you want to do about it? The situation, empathy indicates we are in. Regardless of party, hangs a sign out. Insiders only. Otherwise, who will legislate for big money? Corporate welfare, infinite subsidy, Pentagon wild, budget increases into perpetuity. But I digress. What is to be done? Is it the abnegation? of this toxic fascination we call self-preservation. The self-interested self. The self-enclosing way of thinking leading to the conceit there even is such a thing as your heir is not my heir. Hmm. We're all in the same boat now. And in the absence of this toxic self-interest, mm, 
Do we find the real? The real. That is the selfless, the mm, thought-free existence that is mm, the empathy. Deep as the sea, are we all there? One atmosphere. Thanks, Bloodflower, for being on piano. And James Ellis, that was a new-ish, that was a new poem. That was a new original James Ellis. That was exciting as we try to connect uh, the whole world, as we are all connected, even though it seems very separate at times. Um, I went to the nightlife at the Academy last night, and I went to the planetarium show called Habitat Earth. And let me tell you, sitting in a, like a 3D dome room where they're showing like the whole food chain and supply chain of energy throughout the planet, and then reminding us humans that you know we actually do a lot of damage on that on that front. Let's remember how connected we are. So, um, thank you all for being a part of Common Thread Collective and uh, Women's Magazine this fine day. It is 1-1-1-2019. And uh, I want to thank my guest from Women's Magazine, Sophia Andari, who is the co-chair and co-founder of Women's March San Francisco next Saturday the 19th, 11.30 a.m. at Civic Center and 1.30 p.m. Uh, March from Civic Center to the Embarcadero. Check out uh, womensmarchbayarea.org. Uh, they could use volunteers and donations and all that stuff. Um, to let people come together uh, for the women's wave. And also I want to thank um, our really fantastic, charming guest uh, who was here earlier for Common Thread Collective, uh, Lorenzo Lucchese, who is a high school senior and has written four books and is an accordion master, um, a really cool, uh, very smart kid, um, young young fellow uh, and, and artist here. Uh, you might catch his accordion act sometimes in North Beach, but also he's published four books. So go ask for Lorenzo's books at um, Dog-Eared Books and uh, Adobe. And you can also find them on Amazon. Um, so thanks, everybody, for being a part of the show today. Uh, I'm going to read a little poem that I wrote just this week. I wake up in the same bed as all of my neighbors. On the train, some of them wear pretty fancy pajamas or they wake up with makeup. Most of them seem to be plugged in to the machine. They dress in dark suits under bright lights to remain subdued, thrashing through the time-space of tunnels, funneling their fears of poverty nightmares tucked into a winter coat clutching their tumblers of hot tonic like a comfort bear so they don't feel so alone with the rat racing in their mind. That's heavy, Val. <coughs> it, That's heavy. It's That's beautiful. Thank you. I might read it tomorrow. 
Cool. We'll see. <laughs> Come on out to EK Keith's book release party tomorrow night here at Mutiny Radio. Friends of Mutiny special podcast live show 8 to 10 p.m. January 12th. Uh, peace, y'all. Uh, we love you. Um, thanks for joining us and sticking with us all this time. And uh, it is our first show of, of 2019. Our next show will be the fourth Friday, which is January 25th. Um, so we hope that you join us again two weeks from now. Um, just so you know that that's, that's pretty much going to be our mo um from now on common thread collective will be here on the second and fourth fridays of the month so put that on your calendar and um hope that you can come and join us sometime peace and we love you La 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 la
through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, 
mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. <laughs> don't know anything about it. Sorry. All so, on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Since May, there's trouble most every night. Since May, there's trouble most every
through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hello there, my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Bamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby.
Hey, me and Nearest Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com and experience Subliminal SF. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamylicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son!
Eddie like the truck's top bottle dropped sunside in a weathered balloon shot up to the side of an aisle like those who follow down a highway towards the skyline oasis of puddles to smack her at. It was that kind of day again. And by day I mean the middle as is the maths of night and this is that and another for the quiet quite ledger of vertical drops for a robot to read to you and another and auto the all around roundness of all city the velo kind of cheese that boxes cook for the dips to chip away at and the meter sticks into it and makes a spicy splashed up bit of ooze to enjoy. For what else is there? Leisure is our pronoun tonight. And we named it thus so as to utilize the measure of bars and beats and treasure to bury for later as in the coin termed paper you neglected to write the evening before dew drops bonders muddy sandal toad continuation of a runner on sentences in a jail cellular conversation which a copywriter turned you on to. Like a car keyed for digital entry in an age of golden ratio Fibonacci, the petal rose as grows on you, tattoo lady. What was her name again? came a quiet whisper across the room where needles drew and women showed their buttocks to other women to tauntle for. If that were a word, and it may be just and those drawings, where did you get them from? They are from a notebook I've been meaning to keep yet keep losing, as in my mind. She flipped through the art book, look here's another. Do you think that would look good here? Your other buttock. Yes and slightly to the left this time, see if I raise like this, and I'm on my side. You know? Well, for the... Shoot. I lost another one. That's the third needle this week. I've got to buy myself another set, but I've been using this one since the 80s. You know I draw on Mount Claire before her movie career. Remember she was all up into it and said it would never end. It was her buttock too. Funny choice of wordings. She had me right up there. Up where? Asked the notebook women. Oh, I see. She looked at the pictures Ava was showing her now. In any event, yes she's beautiful, and I never saw the films. Stag were they? Kind of dark lines there, don't you think? And what's that? Just that. It's just a star with an arrow through it. Clever if you're into a Cupid's way out of town, as she was. Well she was my invention. She'd come in during the middle of the week and let me draw and pay me in tips from the movies and we'd have a chat about what was next and next too, and sometimes we'd go in the back end, well she was she and I was me and it was good to see her from all sides. And so the women lit up, her cigarette, and flipped through the book that was being handed to her, as Ava drew more on her right buttock and began to hum. It was a tune, out of, and slight and they took their time away from each other and carried on in their minds. Mount Claire was flipping out, in the book in front of this young woman. Flip flip. And flipping. She's flipping people off there. And flipping over there. And over, and over there. And all over. What a spread. And what a book. She looked at the back cover. Nine and ninety-nine cents for this one. That's not bad for the eighties, I should get a bear. Like this? Ava turned her head up. Like you want that here? She motioned at one of the images from the book and pinched her patron's ass just a bit, and wings. Oh sure. I'd like a bit of Mount Claire, and some more about how she was. If that's part of the bargain it was. She looked at her arm a bit. Following the curves which had been drawn by her own hand insta fire times and squared as in the city where she fled in a summer not far from the swelter that tripped it from her profession, which was high finance, so to speak. And that comes with a smile, if you're interested, 
said a now positively gleaming young Ava, and she put her hand on the notebook and closed it. And closed doors, for an afternoon. The two enjoyed a bit of by Mount Clare, towards an in and around and about spiral and twists in the back and roomy sectional couched plotter which was the shop where pleases were aimed, like Cupid in the star. Dot. Oh carry on with it, then, I'll take more of that any day. Evening, here's my number. The paper read with A+, as in from Europe, or thereabouts, in the 31 range, if that was accurate, and it was and she began window shopping herself, to understate and understanding. And she was eyed wide, with the rest of her, and shop she did. From the inside out. Slash slash. The cobble streets where shoemakers cobbled shoeries is our next road stop to a man who was also shopping in the lives of facts and measures to dress as successor to a planet, just up the road, and to the left, and left to his own devices was he, outside in the rain where anything could have usually did, on his watch, happen. He looked at his watch, watched, and watched we was. He was followed eastwardly and down a bit until he was noticed and there was a bit of closure in and some cars began to pull around and other men got out of cars and began to walk towards the man, all the while the man stopped, to gently see what was moving and in which direction, and to see who stopped and who was near. And the nearest to him pulled out a packet of papers, neatly tied as in a manila envelope, and tucked it under his arm. You'll want to come with me. Shall we take a walk? A bit of a pause, a slightly uneasy, our character, looked, and turned with the man to have a conversation, and they walked. You know, you left us that last winter, we have the pictures you know. It was a crazy run finding you, you're not so easy to spot when you're not making waves like Geneva, are you? Do they all make it out? Asked the man. Yes all but three, we have them. They're safe and within means and agreed to help us find you, if you can find them came the reply. Oh, I see, and that was what they told me this morning as well. I declined. Of course you did, that's why we're... I mean, I'm here. Yes the cars. Not so obvious that anybody would notice that down the corridor, eh? All shopping at Marks and Spencer again? I mean the budge reads like a show stocked by one and the only, what was her name again? Penelope. Yes she runs the numbers and thought we'd all get new coats if we found you. Clever. Look this has enough pockets to line yours, and etc. Here. Take the envelope. I've got to get going and wanted to give you time to read and such. And the bridge is over there. I suggest you take a stroll and give it some thought. And if you don't jump over the side of that bridge, I'll take it as read that you're in and we can get on to business. Take it gently, Mr. Gent. Drab was his humor. Read to the collage of photos from the spy X and tucked and bobbed away at the London fog he had worn himself. Page 11 is the one we want and he walked away. Dot. Leafling through this dossier was like a seeming seemingly of a party he was at just last year. All dead or alive, as per usual. He looked closely at one, ticked it out from between the pages, folded it into his pocket and tossed the rest over the side of that small bridge that was meant as a joke but was perfect for recycling these matters, like water under a bridge, no less. He chortled gently and moved on forward and on to his next stop, with a telephone. Dot. The phone chimed dot dot for twelve and a half minutes. The operator was listening. 
You could hear her breathing. All right in there Mavis? Got enough toffees to last the conversation this was her exchange and she knew the party he was trying to reach. She out you know. Went down to the pub half past, you can still find her there she just rung up Pete and they're all on their way about to their next stop, if you can catch her. Thanks Mavis. You've saved my life on this one, and I'll send more toffees when I get out of the aisle. Click. Notebook under her arm. Man on the other, the young women walked out the pub and into a black cab. They rode into the city evening, with music from Bolero playing lightly on a stereophonic speaker dial-tuned radio program. And this is Radio 11, the driver turned down the volume. So it's West End again, eh? You client. All right, it's just up into that house, there. He pointed. And when you get it, you'll need this bottle of Dom and that's your entry into the back room, get it? and get it. We have 25 minutes and you should finish, or he'll finish you, and me. And I'll be round to pick you up, on time. Right? Right, she got out with the bottle and walked up to the steps, stepped up and took her key out. She jiggled her bosom in the lock and fingers the bottle of champagne just gently enough to remind herself that this was her job of jobs tonight. And she looked good. She peeled up her dress and showed her garter to the driver winked, and rode in on the bottle towards the rear of the flat, and her client's client client. Dot. James sat up from the comfort of his suede couch and couch